On this episode of Becoming Human, I want to pick right up where we left off last time. We had explored the various perspectives on change and the philosophy behind it, and really we're trying to come to the conclusion of is change possible at all, and overwhelmingly I think we saw that even if change is just an illusion, it's very real in the experience of human beings. And the reality of change kind of forces us to look at, it's kind of scary, and yet it's also kind of beautiful. But overall, it's daunting because this means that we have some agency in the process of where the world is going. And so we ended last time by saying we may have asked the wrong question. That The question shouldn't be, can we change? The question shouldn't be, is change possible at all? Can we change? Absolutely. In fact, there seems to be nothing you can do about it. Change seems to be the central narrative of our lives. It's the theme, it's the character, it's the setting. The real question for us then becomes not, is change possible, but how will you change? You, it, all indicators point to that you can't control if change is going to happen. Yet, it also points to the indicator that you can control how it will happen. You do have some agency. It, constantly, you're going to be affected by and be affecting things. There's a constant rate of change of which you have a degree of control. And it's, it's kind of like you're in a car. If we were to, I don't know if this metaphor works. You're in a car and the car is moving. And that's kind of scary because you're in a moving vehicle. But it's also beautiful because there's a ton of potential in what you can do with the moving car. And it's also daunting because you have a responsibility to infect what's going to happen to this car. And if you think back to how we opened the last episode of the importance of intentionality, if you are in a car, and the car is our metaphor for change, if you don't pay attention, that car will drift off the road. So if change is a reality, we have to be very careful with how we interact with it. Is change possible? Yeah. So how are we going to change? Now, there's a Buddhist quote that I really like. And it goes like this. Every moment you are being born again, and you get to decide what kind of world will be birthed. And I love this because, you know, you can't stop your story from continuing. It's going to happen. You're at the least the days are going to continue. But you can shape where it goes. You are going to evolve and grow and move and shift and reroute and wander and develop and mess up. And sometimes you're going to nail it. And sometimes you're going to want to hold on to it. And you're going to realize you can't. And sometimes it's going to seem impossible and overwhelming. And you wish you could try again, even though it seems impossibly stuck. And guess what? You can. Change is unavoidable and challenging, but it's also necessary, which means it's also an opportunity. And so what we need to look at now, in this moment, is who are you becoming? Now, you had to know that the answer to this question, can we change, it, you know, it was assumed. The, the title of this whole project is called Becoming Human. Like, becoming is implied in the name. The idea of process ontology or process philosophy is one that I adhere to, all right? 
But this means then the more important question, once we wade through all that philosophical jargon, is to get to the point of going, all right, so you're becoming something. You can't control that. You can control who you become. You can have some agency, no matter where you are, you have at least some agency to do something with the world around you. And so that's the real question here. How do we become? Which also raises the question, what do we become into? Right? What do we change into? So here's the deal. We're going to cover that process. And, and, and there is a very real process that we're going to be able to transpose into the various contexts uh, within which we live. But first, we need to confront a couple things about change, uh, since hopefully we've shown to be it a reality. The end goal of this series of episodes is that we can have a very healthy relationship with change and that we can know how to practically manifest that within whatever scenario we're in. Um, and so there's a lot of upfront work. We, we've handled the reality of change. Um, but when we talk about this better question, how will you change? There's a couple of things that we need to confront about change. And particularly, there's two dominant perspectives in our culture that we're going to need to interact with. So the first danger of change is the romanticization of change. And this would be where we use change as an escape, right? So there's a certain optimism for change. And what I see happen a lot is a lot of people look at change as a way to solve some other problem where uh, making a specific change has an ulterior motive to it. And so what we begin to do is we artificially fabricate change. And we use it to neglect real problems. And so we're kind of making stuff up. And you see this when someone says, well, if I just fill in the blank, then this other thing would happen. And that's what I actually want to happen. And so change becomes a way for us to live in the future so as to not confront the present or deal with the past. And so we need to beware that new is not always better. So don't use change as an escape. Don't change because you think you are wrong, right? So uh, you're rejecting a thing, and so then you justify a new thing. Um, don't change because you just like change, and you think it will solve some sort of existential problems. And, and so not only do you kind of see people interacting with change as an escape, there's also just this like thread within our culture of like, let's just change things all the time. And I think it became really cool to shun tradition. Um, and I, th I think there's absolutely some healthy things within that. But uh, it's almost like we let that pendulum swing so far. And a lot of times I've seen people just like embracing the chaos of change and constantly wanting to change things. And my first question is like, what are you running from? There's something there that you're trying to get away from. Maybe we should just take some time and talk about that. Change is not just the uh, Swiss army knife answer to all of the problems that we experience in the world. And one of the things we have to be honest with about change is that once you change something, it actually creates new problems that you're going to have to deal with. Change isn't a fix. Change is a process. And we have to allow it to just be a process and not think it's a magical solution for everything. 
And so if we're going to use the river as uh, an analogy again, instead of recognizing the simple uh, natural change in the process of the river that is your life, uh, this romanticization is a way that we kind of like go up to the river and we hand dig diversions and we manipulate the change of the river. And in the process, we actually destroy the river's ability to continue to flow. It's not a healthy way to interact with change. Now, the thing that's going to come up within this is, well, then how do you determine what should change and uh, whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing? That's something that we're going to get into shortly. First, though, we just need to confront. If you're using change as a way to avoid other things and you're romanticizing change as a way to keep you from having to deal with the reality of the world as it is, that's probably an issue. Now, let's move over to the other side. And that's where we interact with change with a certain resistance because of nostalgia. So you've got romanticization on one side and nostalgia on the other. And nostalgia is the sort of ignorance that pretends that the river won't change. That, that change and this process of becoming isn't going to happen. And we do this because we're trying to stay comfortable. And so we'll look at the river and we'll pretend that it isn't different. And as it continues to inevitably change, what we'll do is we'll uh, uh, try to recreate the river how it used to be. The biggest danger, though, is when we want to say, no, 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 nothing's changed. And we're going to keep everything the same because we like it this way. And so then we go ahead and we build up buildings right next to the river going, it's going to be fine because the change isn't actually happening. Well, if we know enough about geology, we know that river is eventually going to bend and morph and it's going to erode into the things that we just built. We were not viewing the world rightly and we tried to live ignorantly of what was going to happen. And eventually, the thing we were afraid of, we actually made it more likely to cause damage. This is the same admonition about the car. If you're going to act like the car will just naturally stay on the road itself, and it's not a self-driving car, of course, it's going to drift. And the result of that drift is not going to be good. You have to be really careful of nostalgia. But I want to point out something that I think both sides kind of have correct in this. And that's the relationship to tradition. The nostalgic side over-romanticizes tradition. It says that the way things that have been is the way we need to keep doing things because, look, it worked. And this needs to be honored as a perspective that is trying to do something right. And, And what it's trying to do is it's trying to uphold that over time, certain things that have happened that we should rely on and root ourselves in to help determine where we should go. We should learn from the past. That's a really good thing. On the unhealthy side of this nostalgic approach is that we tend to resist change because it's unfamiliar. We have a fear of the unknown. We don't like moving into uncharted territory. And that's completely natural. And we should just allow people to resist because it's part of our expectation when uncharted territory comes into our face. We have to see what's happening there. At the same time, it seems kind of popular, if not cool, uh, to say that, you know, tradition is a burden. 
and we should get rid of it. And here's I, one thing that I challenge within that is we are saying that the way people have navigated the world for years and years and centuries and centuries is not worth considering and that you and your finite short lifespan figured out a better way to do it than hundreds of years of people throughout history. I think tradition should be given a little bit more consideration as we continue to make changes. But for both sides, the one way I think we need to approach this issue of whether or not to change things is that tradition should continue to be alive, just like the river. We should learn from where the river has been, how it has moved, how people have interacted with that river over time. We should also acknowledge that the river isn't going to stay the same. And if we can learn from the past, we can better and, and more effectively move into the future and embrace the inevitable changes that are going to happen while still honoring the existence of all that has come before us. There's a balance there. But as we talk about romanticization and nostalgia, the romanticization has a fear of the known. You're uncomfortable where you are. You, you, you don't like things the way they are. This can be really good because it can catalyze beautiful movement forward. It can also make us avoid things. Be careful how you interact with that. If you're more on the nostalgic side, don't try to delay the inevitable. Your fear of the unknown is going to want you to keep things here. And maybe you've been scarred by changes, or maybe you've been scarred by how things are. But this isn't going to last forever the way it is. Be careful that you don't use change or ignore change as an escape from reality. Instead, I think our invitation is simply to pay attention to what is changing. Are you aware of what's going on? Because if you're not aware, I'm going to drift. If you are aware, now you can use your agency to help shape the direction that this is going to go. And you can make things move a click further into a healthy version of itself. And so the questions when we talk about, well, so then what do I change? How, how do I know what to change and what I shouldn't change? What in your life and in the world needs to grow? And what in your life and the world needs to be different? Right? There are certain positives within your life that you're going to, on the nostalgic side, want to keep the same. Hey, I honor that. It's not going to stay the same. All right? It would be like saying, this seed sprouted into a really beautiful looking plant. But that plant's going to keep growing. Your job's to nurture that. To pay attention to what is moving in a healthy direction and go, and how do, how do I keep that moving on the right track? And it's going to involve change. There are also situations where there's things that you're carrying around and you got to put that down. And the change, while you know, on the surface, you're changing in reaction to a negative thing. It's a way of shifting and turning and moving into a different direction than you were previously going. So you see this a lot with social issues. Is people going, we can't let this continue to be the same. Or um, whether it's social issues or even individual issues where 
the way that things were is what got it to this place that's really destructive. We can't keep doing things the same way that caused the problem in the first place. That's insane. So there's some things that we simply have to nurture and there's some things that we simply have to transform. We got to put those things down, subvert them, alter them, and move them in a different direction. But that's the beautiful part of this entire journey. When we intentionally move on the changing landscape of the world, we're able to move the whole thing a little closer to that center, a little closer to that ideal that we talked about before. But here lies the biggest confrontation. If you are going to change, like a vehicle, like a river, and you're not intentional about how you're going to direct that and how you're going to move with it, you're going to drift. You don't become healthy on accident. We will always drift towards whatever is easiest and most comfortable and convenient, and that is rarely what is best. A Stoic philosopher, Epictetus, has a quote that I love. If you doze but a little, all that you have amassed up until now leaves you. Keep awake then and watch your life. If change is inevitably a reality, that's what we have to do in response. You can't avoid it. You can't use it to hide other things. You can allow it to catalyze the growth of yourself and the world and what's going to happen next. You can use it to continue to shape the story in a better way than it is now. How it is is not how it will be. You get to determine how it will be. Whoever you are becoming is the result of hundreds of thousands of decisions. And either we will let those things happen to us, or we will use the power we have to craft them into the best life possible of nurturing what needs to be nurtured and transforming what needs to be different. So who are you becoming? What needs to be grown in your life and what needs to be put down? And so the next time we're going to explore the journey that will actually take you there. We're going to start getting into how we do this. Because to avoid drift, you have to know where you are going. You have to know that destination, that goal. So what do you change to? And how are you going to travel there? That's what's coming next time on Becoming Human.